At University of Virginia Health System, we're for bringing advanced care closer to home. So we're bringing health knowledge directly to you with UVA Health System Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. What are the signs of a concussion and what should you do if your child has suffered from one? My guest is Dr. Michael Jaffe. He's a neurologist specializing in concussions and traumatic brain injury, and he was prior the National Director of Defense and Veteran Brain Injury Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jaffe. What is a concussion? Uh, Thanks. It's great to be here. Concussions have been really getting a lot of attention lately, and We used to think that concussions required a loss of consciousness following a blow to the head, but we know a lot more now, and we realize that a concussion uh, can be caused by any attack to the head or any forces transmitted to the brain, and what we see can not only be a loss of consciousness, but what we call an alteration of consciousness, and that could be something as simple as seeing stars or feeling uh, dazed and confused for a couple minutes following such an impact, and what we're really looking at is kind of the out on the outside of what's happening on the inside with a transient kind of surge or release of chemicals in the brain caused by that force. What are the most common concussion symptoms? I I wonder this both for parents, for the coaches, and even for other athletes that might be, you know, including the buddy system out on the field that can keep an eye on each other. What is it we're looking for? That's a great question, and the way we think about that is we kind of divide them up into three different symptom types or symptom clusters. So you can have physical symptoms, cognitive symptoms, or behavioral symptoms, and some of the most common physical symptoms include headaches, dizziness, uh, sensitivity to light, and difficulty with your sleep. Some of the most cognitive symptoms include difficulties with attention or difficulty with short-term memory. And then some of the most common behavioral symptoms may include things like irritability or changes in mood. And uh, any people can have one or two of any of these symptoms or a different combination, and people kind of present the symptoms of their concussion differently. But I would say that those are probably the most common types of symptoms that people are going to be causing people to have problems. Dr. Jaffe, with the equipment today is are we seeing a decrease in the incidence of concussion as we're hearing more about them but in sports such as football you know they've got helmets on are these protective can parents rest a little easier or no not so much well i think there's a combination of things that is happening and one of which is improvements in equipment and helmets and things like that but i think the most important thing is the awareness that's going on and there's a lot more uh, recognition of this. There's now more guidance uh, for parents and coaches and teachers and doctors to provide appropriate management for when a concussion does occur to a child or anyone. And a lot of states now have uh, requirements. There's baseline testing done before a season in some of the organized sports. And a whole protocol that's being done. And we're seeing that mirrored from the professional level to the NCAA down to the high school and other recreational sports levels that increased awareness, and so we're better able to recognize when it's happening and manage it, and by doing that, we're really preventing long-term problems and really uh, promoting quick recoveries. If you suspect that your child has a concussion, what are the treatments? How is it treated? Do we give ibuprofen or Tylenol at home, keep a close watch? Do we keep them home from school? Well, that's a great question. Uh, What we usually do we want to, first thing we want to do is 
protect the child from having another concussion. So if they uh, suffered their concussion in a, in a sports event, we want to remove them from play at that point in time, not send them back into the game that same day, give them a chance to recover. So what we've come up with is a really a combination of brief rest, at least a full day, and then a form of active recovery. And that active recovery is going to be done in a graduated manner. Now, first, when we see that the symptoms are resolved at rest, we know that sometimes if you start exerting yourself, that can bring about a headache or dizziness or some of the symptoms you were suffering from. And that's part of the recovery process. So to keep that going and prevent recovery from plateauing, we come up with an active program in that we sort of return them to activity gradually and just to see if they can tolerate that. And then we move them up. And we don't really get back to contact uh, activities until they've gone through aerobics and other types of uh, exertion showing that they've recovered from that. Uh, the other aspect you asked about is school. And there's a similar approach to that, and that it should be initially uh, brief, like a day, but then it's active. And so rather than keep someone from school, uh, we want to sort of get someone the benefit of education as they can, uh, start gradually exercising their brain, just as you would gradually exercise your body, and sort of give them um, accommodations initially if they need a little bit of extra time to take a test or delay taking an exam. But we want them to... Uh, not stay out of the classroom for too long and start figuring out ways to kind of keep going because we want to exercise that brain and that helps promote recovery. When you say exercise the brain, what about things like video games and television and, you know, on the day right after a concussion, do you let your child sit there and play video games? Is there any risk to this? Well, I think that's part of the brief rest component or right away we would want to do things to reduce the stimuli. And a couple things is the, uh, especially with the light sensitivity that can happen with concussion and the multiple stimulation that happens with video games, that it, that might be a little bit too much uh, right initially. So I would say for the first day or so to not do that. And then it's, with everything else, we would kind of go with a graduated return. And I'd start with kind of watching videos or working on the computer, seeing how that goes, making sure that doesn't produce a headache or dizziness. And then if they can tolerate that for a day, then graduate on up until you get all the way back up to those full video games with all the stimulation that's involved. So that's part of the the whole uh, model of brief rest and active recovery. During active recovery, when do you know that your child can return to play? If they sustain this concussion during football or even soccer, any of these sports, when do you know they're safe to return? Well, one of the things we've done now is we look at a couple things with that, one of which is uh, the symptoms that they were having uh, resolved. Have those gone away? And if you uh, if we put them through physical activity, do they stay uh, at bay? They haven't come back because you're running or increasing your heart rate. So that's just the one part of the uh, self-report symptom aspect. And then with a healthcare professional who has some training in this, they can do an examination, make sure there's no subtle signs of any residual uh, injury or damage to the individual, and in some cases we may do some additional diagnostic assessments, kind of using some form of a cognitive testing, looking at how well you perform with your memory, making sure that that looks well and that's well okay, and all those things together really combine uh, to make an informed decision uh, for returning to play and returning to activities. How is the UVA Brain Injury and Sports Concussion Clinic working to improve concussion care, Doctor? 
Well, this is really an exciting initiative we have at the University of Virginia because it's truly multidisciplinary. And what we've done is we've brought together a number of different professionals uh, together to provide individualized and tailored care for people who may be having uh, problems of recovering from their concussion. So under one roof, we have adult neurology, uh, child and adolescent neurology, physical therapy, occupational therapy, physical medicine and rehabilitation, neuropsychology, with ready access to other specialties such as pain management, uh, neurosurgery, uh, sports medicine. Uh, we actually have with us in the clinic experts in psychiatry and sleep medicine. And so for people who are having challenges, we're allowed, all of us together can evaluate the individual and come up with an individualized and coordinated uh, plan of care. And the other exciting aspect of this is recovering all forms of injury, not just sports injury, and every severity of injury from cushion on up through to moderate to severe injuries. So we really cover the entire spectrum and the entire patient population in a coordinated way. And we actually have members of our team who are helping with the inpatient care for those who have more severe injuries and helping to provide a system of care as they go through the medical system uh, as they are leaving the hospital, making sure they have a good tracking and appropriate follow-up. Uh, our individuals are very much involved with outreach and education in the community, working with local school systems, making sure that they're up to date on the latest innovations in concussion care, and are, we're very well ingrained uh, with the UVA Athletic Department. And so it's uh, really exciting to kind of have this synergy and cooperation with all of these people together. In just the last 30 seconds or so, Dr. Jaffe, give us your best advice regarding concussion prevention, your best advice for parents. Uh, people want, kids want to do the sports they love, so our job is to try and make sure they find the most safe way to do it, and that involves taking care of the uh, appropriate practice practices, using the appropriate policies, appropriate equipment, and appropriate management. So I would just make sure to ask the school what their policy is. Most schools are now required to have one, and if they don't, we can certainly link them to a professional to kind of help with that education, because our goal is to... Uh, promote the activities that people love, but to do it in a safe way. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael Jaffe. You're listening to UVA Health System Radio. For more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.